hang on a minute. What are we even talking about today? Oh, honey, we're giving the people what they want. Welcome back to the Sex Den Podcast, everyone. Season two, episode three, baby. That's right. You are with your favorite sisters and den mothers. That's right. Lauren White <laughs> and Camille Misbach. I will plug us up here at the front. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at the Den Mothers. And our personal pages are She Wolf Lauren and Camille Misbach, where we put out our other offerings. Both of us offer one-on-one containers for people to do different things. So maybe we'll talk about that in a second. And also, (laughs) welcome back. We can't wait for this episode about situationships and compassion. Wow. I'm really excited. And also, (laughs) I wanted to say one thing before we begin, because I'm really excited for this topic today. It's going to be funny (laughs) and humiliating for us. But that's honestly everyone. For everyone, basically. (laughs) Um, But I'm really excited too because Cammy and I both offer one on one coaching. And right now, we are working on creating an online community. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Um, An online community for inner transformation with my fiance, my (laughs) sister, and me. We are so excited. We're going to be hosting live virtual coaching sessions mm-hmm. um every week multiple a week Camille and I will be doing our own teaching experience together and then eventually Cammy's gonna have classes we're just so excited so it'll be a subscription experience you pay once a month and you get all of us you so get all the information so we're really excited cannot wait so if you are interested in getting early bird information on that and early bird pricing which everybody hey. loves dm us your email dm at the den mothers and we will add you to our email list we're not going to bombard you with emails but we are going to definitely send out a reminder when we're going to launch and sending out that early bird pricing so inner transformation online community it's what i feel like everybody needs right now in the world that's right and I'm really excited. Me too. Yay. Yay. Okay. So welcome back to the Sexton, everyone. Yay. Oh, oh. Okay. This week, before we jump into our topics, which are so wonderful today. I mean. We've been talking about situationships for a couple weeks. And Lauren and I just think it's so funny every time because we both have really mortifying stories about it. <sighs> and also stories that just make it seem okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk all things situationships with obviously that comes in turn with some compassion. Right. At the end. So yeah. we're going to bring that in full circle. But let's just start with a weekly update first. I'm into that. Lori. Jeez. Okay. So basically it's a two week update, right? I'm trying mm-hmm. to think about what I've even done in the last two weeks. So, uh, I talked about my San Diego experience. Shane and I came home and basically immediately got sick. We don't know why you were sick forever. We were sick forever. Like we literally talked about it last podcast too, yes. but then you were still sick after that. I feel like I'm still then waking I was up. Sick. Yeah. You know how you kind of wake up in the morning and you're just like, Oh, I barely slept, but I, I mean, I can sleep. Camille, I don't know. Do you have the same thing as me? Mm. That where you can sleep forever? Yeah, I can sleep all day. I can sleep <laughs> every day. Forever. Yeah. For like 12 hours straight. Mm-hmm. I don't I won't wake up. Even if I go to bed at 8 p.m., I can still sleep till 8 a.m. I love sleep. I sleep like a rock. So anyway, right. I've been waking up feeling a little bit 
tired, but I'm so my highlight of the whole week was that Shane and I got a new bed. We didn't realize it, <laughs> but we had a full before and that wasn't going to work out <laughs> yeah. for us. So we were sleeping on a trundle bed. Like yeah, I literally a trundle. We have we have a uh, loft in our like upstairs. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, you know, a cabiny A-frame loft. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's but- like the best like if you imagine what you dream your childhood bedroom would look like with like built-in bookshelves, a little hidden um, troll closet. Yes, it's a troll closet. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, a troll closet. And so I built this cool, you know, like if you go to an Airbnb and they have a twin and then you pull out the twin trundle underneath it. And Shane yes. and I were double decker sleeping on a trundle. So anyway, the highlight of my week is that we got this fat ass motherfucking king bed. <laughs> and king, it's, king. <laughs> and it's in this cubby. It sounds, it's like, it sounds so funny. Okay. A lot of other couples could sleep on a fold together. Shane, I think we have to acknowledge, is like the worst sleeper. Like he needs earplugs, a mask. He basically needs his mouth taped shut. Like if anything touches him, including the dog, including no. you, he's like up and pissed. He will be, he'll be like, I just, you know, I just didn't get great sleep just last didn't night. Get great and I'm sleep. Like, it's like, do you, are Shane, you ever getting good sleep? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you going to be okay? Like, uh, uh, what are the conditions? Yeah. It has to be completely pitch black and also freezing. And like, silent. It, silent, <laughs> yeah. freezing, and no movement. Yeah. So it's really it's intense. It's basically hell. <laughs> I sleep in a state of panic every night because yeah. I'm, I want him to sleep so bad. So I'm scared yeah. to like get up, uh-huh. pee. Like I, so. So the king's done wonders. The king has been really great. Okay. King's it's been really wonders. great. I'm so excited about it. And um, so that's amazing. I reconnected with some friends that we had had a falling trip? out yeah so went camping I went up to see Bianca and Nimai in LA we had so much fun I, like walked the Venice canals I mean I could go on forever but basically I'm I mean, living my best forever. life and I have <laughs> yeah. a new member of the family Camille well my week update if everyone would like to follow <laughs> me on Instagram so they can see my cute new dog <laughs> is that Michael and I got a puppy wow you not, have to tell the story. Not just did we get a puppy, we got the most special puppy. Uh-oh. Okay, this uh. is the story. Michael and I went to Temecula to the uh, well. We were just going there for one night. We had to like get some mail from my mom's or whatever. It was like annoying to have to go there anyways. Yes. So we went there, and we my mom had a table set up with all her products. She was selling them at a winery. It was like an event. It was really fun, actually. It was a fun event. So we went there just thinking we were going to go say, pop in, say hi to mom, maybe have a glass of wine, whatever. And we go in and I'm immediately seeing like tens of dogs. And I'm like, <laughs> there are a lot of dogs here. And I'm noticing a lot of them are puppies. And I'm like, there are a lot of puppies over here. And then Brett, our stepdad comes back over and oh, he's no. like, you guys, there are a ton of little puppies over there. It's a dog rescue. And I'm like, Oh my God, how exciting. I love dogs, but I'm not like the biggest dog person. Yeah, no. No. I mean, me either. I'm not like into everybody's dogs. No, like if I see a puppy passing me, I'm like, oh, that's cute. But I'm not one of the people who's like, I need to pet your dog. Right. Kind of thing. Okay. Me either. So, but if you are, we're not judging you. We just think you're weird. Yeah. (laughs) We just think there's something wrong. That's okay. Like, we're not going to be the people that put follow my dogs on Instagram probably. I'm not going to have a dog Instagram. No. Will I post the cutest picture of him alive? Yeah, yes. I will. Okay. So basically I pick up this one puppy and I'm like, okay, this is so cute, but I'm not interested. So I sit him down. I wasn't interested in any of the dogs I saw. 
And then I turned to my left and oh, I no. saw a little black and white nugget body in somebody's hands. And I said, oh my God, did you already adopt that? And she said, no, do you want to hold it? And she turned it around to me and it was this little tiny dog. Yeah, he's my family member now. But this is not the full story. I start panicking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Michael looks at me. Babe, no, we're not getting a dog. This isn't in the plan. Like we're going to maybe be traveling, whatever. And I'm like, okay, you're right. But I couldn't put him down. And he just started cuddling on my chest. 45 minutes he slept on my chest and I fell in love. So then I'm panic calling Lauren. I'm panic calling my dad. She was losing it. I I was absolutely losing it. Not to mention after I'm asking his details, (laughs) he's like maybe nine weeks old, but they can't tell because he and his siblings were found in a trash can. He's literally my tiny dumpster baby. So the story goes on. My sister and dad tell me you need to get this dog. I'm just like, do it. Yeah, just do it. You really love him. He's so tiny. You have the best place. It's going to be fine. So this other lady comes up and is looking at me and she goes, you know, every dog I've adopted is black and white. And I'm like, oh my God, nice. And her friend goes, well, can she hold it? And I'm like, yeah. So I give the dog to the other person as I'm still panicking if I should get the dog or not. I walk away for two seconds, come back, and the lady is signing paperwork. Oh, my God. And I go, did you adopt him? And she's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, oh, my God. And I literally just started crying. You I to- did? Yes. I told Michael. I said, I have to walk away. I'm like, I don't know why. I feel like that was supposed to be our dog. Like, now I'm sad. I feel like I didn't make my decision. Like, my heart's telling me yes. My mind is telling me no. It was really sad. We ended up having to leave because I'm like, I don't want to just be here while she adopts it. Like, I'm actually really sad about it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So we go home. I'm like, yes, we get in the hot tub. I'm like, I'm still just really devastated. Couldn't, was so devastated all night. Woke up the next morning and I told my parents, I'm still so devastated about Rudy. That's his name, Rudy. And my mom just said, Camille, we have to tell you something. Rudy, the woman who was adopting him, backed out last minute because of the money. So Rudy is still available. And I literally, (laughs) number one, almost punched her for not telling me the night before. I was also very happy because I had a night to sleep on it and I still woke up heartbroken. So I knew I was waking up so heartbroken. Moral of the story, Michael and I went to my best friend's engagement party the next day in L.A., Drove back to Temecula on Sunday and picked up our new little boy. So you applied for him. They immediately accepted you. Well, I didn't even I, – I panic applied as fast as I could. And then I reached out to the woman who had invited my mom to sell her products. And I said, I need the name of – I need that woman's number who runs the shelter. Yeah. So she gave me the number. I called her at like 8 a.m. and left her this psycho message that was like I just feel like I need him I don't think that other lady even wanted him I think she didn't want me to have him and like all this stuff I felt like if you've seen new girl the last season (laughs) Jess is trying to adopt a dog and the lady literally tells her no because she's like too into the dog (laughs) but that didn't happen we went and picked him up and now we've been parents for a week and it's been really a joy He's the – let me just tell you a little bit about Rudy. (laughs) So today's podcast episode is actually Rudy. Is about Rudy. No, I'll just make it quick. He's outgoing and he's playful. (laughs) 
And also, he's very sleepy. He's also so small, you can barely believe yeah. that he exists. And he's then he 2. has 2.5 pounds. He has a huge personality, mm-hmm. but he's so cuddly and tiny. I, it's unbelievable. I literally can't stand him. He's, uh, we can't talk about him. Yeah. And it's what we're trying to do is make sure that Momo, who's been our baby for the past four years, oh. We're just wanting to make yeah. sure that she's feeling like the star still. Mm-hmm. But it is hard when you have a second child. It's hard when you have a second child. We're trying to make special time and treats for Momo. Yeah. But this is what I wanted to – I want to wrap this into a lesson for our wolf pack. Wow. Okay. <sighs> Following your heart is really important. Let me repeat okay. that because I feel like I started laughing. <laughs> Following your heart is really important. I got a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't. So I was wanting in my heart really badly to get the dog. My mind was convincing me out of all these things. Well, you were supposed to travel. You know, you you don't want responsibility, all this stuff. And I went with my heart and I've never been happier. Yeah. Rudolph. Shout out to Rudolph. He's so special. He's so special. Okay, so that's my Rudy story. Yeah. Now I want to show everybody my hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we also are putting this up on YouTube. Yeah, this is going to be on YouTube, and I want to show everyone my hair because I am in <laughs> yeah. a really bad phase right now, mm. and I want you to see that you can persevere through anything. <laughs> Do okay. a quick reveal, and then we have to get on with the show. <laughs> you look like Tina. I can't. what. Do you know why it reminds you, Tina? It literally because looks like Cinnabon. The <laughs> no, it looks like the grandma on Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> the llama, but this is what the grandma's hair is like. Oh my god! It's literally slicked back. I have so much product in it. I'm going for Trinity. Oh my I'm god! This my is best, but it was like funny. This might not be for me. I have so much hair oh and a god. big dome. So we'll talk about anyway, situations. I wanted to show you all. Because you that it. is so funny. I feel like you have to post the picture that you showed me when, <laughs> yeah. when this our, episode comes out. Watch our YouTube. Oh my God. Okay. So, situationships. We have to talk about situationships. Everybody, I think, has been in one. Maybe. Honestly, to wrap up a situationship, my just brief sentence would be <laughs> you are seeing someone or having sex with someone who doesn't like you as much as you like them yeah yeah I think it's more than that too it could be it can go really deep like a situationship can be Uh. a situation where you are in your mind I think this is how you describe a situationship in your mind, you are in a relationship with another person. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, they are not in a relationship with you. Uh, that is how I would describe it. Yes. Like you are basically talking about this person like they're your boyfriend or girlfriend. You you're are, making plans with them. You're for making the future. plans with them for the future. Or like you, they're like your first choice to do stuff with. Like, you're mm. saving your weekend for if they make plans with you. And then if oh they God. don't, you're trying to pretend like you're not sad, but basically you're heartbroken. You're yeah. It's also a situation ship can just be defined as series of heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a series of heartbreak and self-loathing. Yeah. And self-loathing. Okay. So I think before we Wait, 
Camille, I'm sorry. I know that you're about to introduce it, but I wanted to say why this came up is because Camille mm. and I are both obviously no longer in situationships. She's married. I'm engaged. We've got this shit locked down at this point. We've got it locked. But the other day, and we talked about this briefly on our last episode, but we were literally doing yard work, gardening, and all of a sudden we started to rehash <laughs> our most <laughs> traumatic mm-hmm. little T, little T, most little traumatic. Tea situationship stories and we're like this has to be talked about because it's bad it's bad both of ours were i mean mine was bad i was in a couple situationships it's really bad yeah i've had a couple and honestly the person had the same name both times that's so weird one was when i was 16 one was when i was 20 just three okay so to begin (laughs) Lauren and I are going to share our most mortifying situationship experiences because we want you to know that you're not alone. You're not. <laughs> you're not alone. And honestly, I will say this. You can be the most confident, mm-hmm. sexiest. Totally. Like be- in the best shape of your life yes. and somehow you can still end up in a situationship. Yes. Okay. So I'll just begin. Okay. We'll keep it kind of brief. I won't. I'm going to do the okay. details because they deserve to know. <laughs> okay. I want to let you know that I can hardly speak about some of the things I did to get this person's attention. Okay. I'll get there. Mine, we're going we're gonna to call him Brooklyn. Okay. Brooklyn and I met through mutual friends. Brooklyn and, well, can we just say that you met him through my longest standing situationship yes. that turned into a relationship yes. and then years later years later I became friends with Lauren's ex yes. and his wife and they introduced me to Brooklyn thinking it would just be like a fun thing so this right. person was in college I was graduated I was like making great money yeah, she as was an engineer already super cool like super cool but not really knowing that I was cool right I'll say it right I was just out of a three and a half year relationship and basically we met, had this amazing connection and night one we had sex. Whoops. But I mean, not whoops. N- but not whoops. It was also the best sex okay. I had had. Like I-, I was in a three year relationship that was like kind of whatever. Yeah. Sex wise. Okay. Yeah. So literally the day after we had sex, I didn't even get a text. That should have been the first sign for Even me to cut it off. Both of you were like, wow. That was the best sex of my life. Okay. And it was so obvious that I should have received a text of that was a really fun night because we were going to be seeing each other again. He was always at those friends' houses. So right. it was like confusing. But no. A couple days later, I'm like asking my f- girlfriend, did he ask you for my number or anything? <laughs> So I should have received a text back because we were going to be seeing each other with this friend group. And in my mind, I was like, I want to have sex with this guy again. But it was more than that. We were both engineers. Like we had some really good chemistry. Okay, whatever. So I get a text of like fun night, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this turns into a spiraling over six months of me essentially going over to their house all the time in hopes that he would be there and having sex if he was there. I was just like exactly what you would say, changing my plans just so I could make sure to be at the situations that he was. Mm. I was never receiving texts first, but just saying, 
oh, well, he's a bad texter and he's really busy because he's in school. Right. So this turned into like, because we were also spending, I'd say a significant amount of time together because we were with that, those same friends over six months, like a couple days a week. But it wasn't like you were going on dates. Like you were never alone. No, we were never alone. It was always with this group. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting feelings for him a lot. (laughs) And he is still not texting me and only we're just having really good sex. I should have never been having sex with this person. Okay. Okay. That's just the first thing that should be said. Why not? Because every time it felt so shitty in my heart. Okay. Like we would have sex, whatever. Like the next sleep, whatever, same house. You would think that maybe like – a kiss in the morning or like something. No, it wasn't like that. It's almost so embarrassing. I can't even say it because I can't okay. believe I can't believe I dealt with that for so long because honestly, I was just not being treated as I deserve to be treated. Mm. But he was saying the whole time he didn't want a relationship. Okay. So I was just like continuing to pursue him with no hope in sight. Gosh. Yeah. So just a literal shitstorm disaster that you were creating for yourself I was creating for myself like creating cool playlists so he could think I was like cool with music I mean the list goes on and that's not even the worst thing but I'm just not even gonna say it's the worst thing I I can't even say what the worst thing is anyways (laughs) basically after barely hearing from him and trying really hard to get his attention he was leaving for summer break And like a week before that, I sat him down. I was like, you need to come over and have a sit down. And I was like, you need to come over. Yeah, I was like, I'm having, I'm really liking you and it's hurting me because you're not treating me well. This happened maybe like a month before he left for summer actually. And he was just like, whatever you're feeling in your heart, I'm feeling too. And I was like, well, God, feels pretty good to hear that. And I was like, well, you couldn't like text me a little more after whatever. Right. Okay, so we have this conversation. Never him still saying, though, like, I'm not ready for a relationship. And I was like, okay, but you can still treat me better if we're going to be having sex. That didn't happen for the next month, okay? Then one night we had fun. We did a little bit of droogs. Droogs. Droogans. Droogans. Uh, Went to a club, had so much fun. That was the last night we ever had sex because the next morning he basically didn't kiss me after I, like, dropped him off at this house and it was just too much to handle. I was like, that's fucking where I draw the line. Okay. It's just awful. But that wasn't where I drew the line. <laughs> oh, my God. You're kidding. Well, oh, God. The only reason this situationship stopped is because he left for summer <laughs> and he didn't text me for four months. <laughs> okay. I was basically ghosted into oblivion. This is sad. (laughs) Okay. Not only is it sad, it's very painful to talk about. (laughs) And also he gave me the greatest gift. What was it? By leaving and not talking to me. Okay. Because it was really the only way I was going to be able to move on if we weren't having sex. Right. So that summer I got my nipples pierced. I dyed my hair blonde. I basically was like, that fucking sucked and kind of went into like a little spiral of upset behavior. And then at the end of that summer, I ended up meeting Michael. Wow. Yeah. So ultimately it was a gift. And ultimately 
the whole time he was telling me exactly what he wanted and I was creating this awful situation for myself. Like a series of heartbreaks. Every time we would hang out and have sex, I would be heartbroken. But I wasn't telling anyone. Gosh. Yeah, that was the thing about you. And I mean, you're still a little bit that way, but I think that you've gotten better. Is that I remember walking with you in San Diego and you were just all of a sudden like telling me about this. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I was also in a phase where I probably couldn't have received it because I was the judgmental person. Mm. And I was like, I would have been like, what are you doing? Like, he doesn't like you. Yes. And I knew he didn't like me. It was just one of those situations where shame. you convince yourself. It's shame. Yeah. Because I was going to keep having sex with him. I knew it. Yeah. It's so like I'm not going to tell everybody what he was doing to me. Right. Everyone would be like, he's really fucking you over. Like, what are you doing still having sex with him? It's right. wrong. You're disrespecting your body. Right. But anyway. you couldn't help it at that so, point. Brooklyn. <sighs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you. <sighs> Well, thank you. Also, thank you. And fuck you. And fuck you. We're sick of you. Okay, so that's my horrific incident, and it goes even worse, but... It goes even worse. Lori, let's talk about a little guy we like to call butt plug. (laughs) A little guy. Okay, first of all, I just want to say before I begin that talking about this, it's so wild because... The place that I was in when Buttplug and I were engaged with each other physically, mm-hmm. was, it literally feels like I'm talking about a movie that I saw. Yeah, It feels like it that's is so what happened to me. long yeah. ago. Me too. I can't even believe mm-hmm. where I am now, like who I am now. It's so wild. So, yeah. But Shane and I have talked about this before because we both were in these kind of situations before. And it's so fascinating how... Once that chapter is closed, it it's kind of like over, except for even in really strong relationships, mm. at least in my mind and in Shane's mind too, we had talked about it before, is like sometimes this like urge or like this weird, it's like a toxic behavior for this kind of a thing. It's yes. an addiction to heartbreak. Yes. It's like you're addicted to that feeling of the highs and the lows. 100%. And it's when you're living through your pain body. Yes. Eckhart Tolle read it. Okay. <laughs> well, I also think that it's That's interesting because when you're in a relationship that feels super safe and secure, if you're not safe and secure in your own body, you can actually reject it. Like you're not drawing it to you mm. because you're addicted to the uh, the highs and the lows. Yes, we are. Yeah. And so, you know, when Shane and I bought this house and we're like living together and doing the thing, we both had these moments at some point where I was like having dreams about this kind of situationship again. And he was in in a different way. And so we started talking about how fascinating it was that we were having this like craving for toxicity. It's like the chase. It's so, everyone feels addicting. Yeah. So if you're, and I would like to say that if I wasn't more, I was never a cheater. I've never cheated mm. on someone before, but I can see how even if you're with a person that seems perfect for you, if you haven't healed this like mm-hmm. toxicity piece inside of you that craves that heartbreak, you can destroy shit. Like you oh, can yeah. really destroy shit. Like stalking people. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like, you know, illegal stalking. I'm talking about like looking at ex's profiles all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, doing things purposefully to get in arguments, you know, like 
doing stuff to push your partner away if it's feeling too safe. 100%. So that is such a good point. So anyway, I wanted to talk about that before I talk about my situationship mm-hmm. because it was actually from a really unhealthy place that it was happening for me because it was happening to me a lot. Yeah. And this one was just particularly terrible because I didn't even realize that I had pretty much fallen in lust with this person. Okay. I was in a very serious <laughs> Also, disaster. I would like to say for some reason, every time this ends up happening, I feel like the one who thinks it's a relationship is always out of the other person's league. Yes. Like you were so out of butt plug plug's league and I was so out of Brooklyn's league. Yes. It's so weird. It's like this. Okay, I, I think it's an ego thing too because I was so out of his league. It's like, why doesn't he like it's me? It's why doesn't he like me? So it's like I have to have weird. him like me. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, obviously. I created this person <laughs> yeah. that he wasn't, yeah. and I was, like, in love with it. It was so weird. Yeah. And the crazy thing is is that I love always putting this into timeline with my relationship with Shane. I was full-blown in a situationship with butt plug while Shane and I were best friends. Mm-hmm. And Shane and I would go on these long walks and talk about the situationships we were in. So he heard, unfortunately – all the, the details worst he heard the worst of me because I was obsessing over butt plug and what to say next this is another way that you know if you're in a situation ship uh, it's are you obsessing over every text that you uh, are receiving or sending from this person is every text a question like oh what does he mean by this what does she mean by this if that's the situation that you're in you're in a situation ship Yes. Oh you know my god. I mean? Or like analyzing well, it. Asking okay, I'm your just friends. gonna wait until the morning to re- to reply. If you're str- strategizing your replies. texting because your heart is in your asshole, mm-hmm. you know. Usually, if you're saying the phrase "he's just not a good texter," right. you're in a situation. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. If the person likes you, they're gonna let you know. Right. If they like your photo on Instagram and you're like, "Oh my god, he literally looked at my stories, but then didn't text me." <laughs> situation. Situation. <laughs> How many other things? Okay, dude, we can think of. I could think of so many. If they respond to one of your stories with kind of like a something that means fucking nothing and you are thinking that it's a love letter like if they say haha good one or like hard eyes the most zero percent effort yeah and then you take that as they've been communicating with you if you're (laughs) always texting them first yeah if you're always the one making plans wait this is another one is that this is what i would do to myself well, when I text him, he's always texting me back almost immediately. Thank you. Yes. I've had a few of those. Right? <laughs> and they're like texting me back, but it, there's no substance to it. And they're kind of propelling it forward by responding, but it's just literally the least they can do. If they're going to plans and you're like, what are you doing tonight? And they're saying going to this and you say, oh, fun. And they say, yeah, you can come if you want. Oh. Situationship. Or if. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, anything that feels like shit in your heart and you're just like kind of dabbling with every not dabbling. That's not the right word. If you are groveling, groveling, that's exactly what I was thinking. 
groveling over every single thing, like Lauren said at the beginning, if you are not making plans to wait and see if they text you and then it's like Friday night at nine and then they're not texting you and you're like, okay, I'm just going to call it a night. <laughs> I'm going to play this one in. And then you see pictures of them at a great party. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a situation shift. Totally. If someone likes you and wants you there, you're going to be there. Yes. And you... If every time you go somewhere, you're inviting them. Right. Situationship. Like, right. Like, if they're not inviting you to all their stuff, but you're inviting them to every single thing. (laughs) If they are never trying to take photos with you and you're (laughs) just hoping that you can have one photo with them in your camera roll. And it's sort of an awkward, like, this literally happened to me. Okay. (laughs) If you are, if you and him are out and it's, him and like a bunch of friends and you're like getting along with the friends and he makes a post from that night and it's all photos of him with his friends and you're not in a single one yes it's a situation it's a situation so many things there are so many things and so we're giving you this laundry list because we've kind of i mean this is not the kind of content that we've been putting out recently it's Mm -hmm. been a lot more you know zen and really fucking awake but (laughs) this is important because you need to start from the bottom sometimes you need to recognize where you are i hate to say that no matter how spiritually advanced advanced you are (laughs) You still have room in your heart for this. Bro, okay. We actually need to do a a podcast about that, like why psychedelics do not mean shit unless you do the work. I we kind of talked to about do that. Yeah. That's our next episode. I we just decided. Yeah. But your girl, me, Lauren, mm-hmm. I had done Bufo, which is so intense, three times. I had done oh. Hero's Journeys wow. on mushrooms by myself, recognizing my own ego, and I still full-blown launched myself into a situation ship, like off the high dive into the pool. Into the pool. Okay, so I have to tell my story. Oh, my God. Okay, we, we just covered how to know you're in a situation ship, by the way. Right. After <laughs> we talked about Brooklyn. Now we're going to talk about butt plug. Got it. Okay, so butt plug. <laughs> I love that we named him Butt Plug. His name has to be Butt Plug. So, (laughs) Butt Plug. (laughs) For reasons that you might already guess. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, I met Butt Plug at a party, and I was actually there for another guy. It was really Mm -hmm. weird, too, because I – I was in this partying phase where I was like getting the best out of San Diego. I had never done this in college. I had never done this in my early 20s. It was like all of a sudden I got out of my last relationship and I had to party. Yeah. And so Camille. It was so fun. It was so fun. Camille and Michael moved to Pacific Beach and I was like, I am going to be queen of party town. I want tequila and I want to have fun and be in a bikini and have sex. Yeah. And write a blog. And I was launching my sex coaching business, you know, like doing my whole thing. And so um, one night, Camille and Michael did not want to go out. They would not come to this party with me. And I was like, you guys, I never went without them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys, come on. And so I ended up going to this party with this other dude. And the second I got there, I saw butt plug from across the room. And I was like, oh, no. I need him. <laughs> I am going to have sex with that person. Yes. I just knew it. Like, yeah. he was seriously so hot to me. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. And so butt plug came over at some point in the night. He had just launched a podcast. I had this podcast already. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. No. No. 
No, we did not launch until I left for Tulum. So we July. didn't even have our podcast. <gasps> That's right. We were thinking about it we at the time, We were thinking though. about it at the time. So he had launched a podcast that was, like, about boozy Pee-pee Pacific bullshit. Beach bullshit, basically. And was, like, For anyone was- who doesn't know Pacific Beach in San Diego, it's, like, fraternity row, but for people who are in their 20s and 30s. 20s and 30s, and you're partying and having sex and throwing up on the sidewalk. And your house is disgusting, and it but it does five thousand dollars a month. But it's also fun, <laughs> and it's so much fun. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyway, I go to this party. He comes over, and he's like, "I heard you have a." He was wasted, like out of his mind, wasted. And he's always like, was. Always. Uh, you have a like. You want to be on my podcast? I heard you're a sex coach, and I was like, "Yeah, totally," because I already saw him and knew. So anyway. We end up texting. It ends up being a thing where I basically assert myself as a dom. I was ready to be a dom. Oh my God, I literally forgot that whole part of the story. This is the whole. This is the it's wild the whole part. story. That any of my stories with this stuff are always complex because it's confusing <laughs> yeah. psychologically yeah. for everybody involved and physically <laughs> and physically. So he ends up coming over, and I dom him, and I write a blog about being a dominatrix, and it was the most wild sex of my life. Like yes. I, he didn't know, but it was my first time being a dom. Yes. And, and it was literally, it. I went Full for throttle. it. Like slapping, like tying him up, tying him up, butt plugs, butt, <laughs> butt plugs, butt plugs, everybody. <laughs> Dildo in his mouth. Like, forget it. It was everything. Yeah. And I like found this new thing inside of me. And now I know that it wasn't as much about the psychology of me being a dom. It was me controlling a situation. Of like course. I loved being in control because I had been in submissive roles a lot. Yes. And was really wanting to try this. So it ended up being for the first couple times, I was like, this is so much fun. I'm just doming him. Ever. It's the yeah, it's so fun. And at the time, yeah, it was totally the best sex ever. Our chemistry was just crazy. Like mm-hmm. I did our natal charts and it was like everything was like a match, a match, a match. Like you literally could not be more compatible. Except yeah. for the problem was, is that we he was on frat row still, and you were becoming. We a successful never woman. went on a date. Okay, you I were making literally schedule sex, like schedule dom sessions with him, and he would show up at my door. Like, it was so weird. It he was would just show weird. up. You'd do him the best sex he's ever had in his life, and then he wouldn't be really texting you he wouldn't be I just figured that he would text me this is the best sex I've ever had in my life mm-hmm. I'm li- I've never had better sex in my whole life I don't know what to do but you were like, like so, so wild. why don't you love me and I would be like <laughs> well then why aren't we in love even though I didn't want him yes. that's what I have to say out loud is I didn't mm-hmm. want him but by him not being in love with me and thinking I was the coolest I became obsessed it with. threw you into psychosis. It threw me into total psychosis. <laughs> yeah. Psychosis. So he would be coming over. Can you imagine the psychology that was happening in my mind? He would be coming over and I would be doming him and then pretending like I didn't care about him. And then he would leave and I would be like, I want to see him again tonight yeah. like or tomorrow because yeah. I was – it was so weird. But I ended up being like obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I mean it I don't got think to a point where this. I was like I think you're liking him a lot. Uh, yeah, she's like I think you're liking him a lot, and I was like he's disrespecting you. And it was just this weird situation. And so finally, I the thing is, is that if this person 
is listening to this podcast, they might not even, I mean, he'd probably know that it was him, but it was like the whole time I was acting like LL Cool J. Like I had no desire to say like, I'm having feelings for you because I could have never dated him. Okay. That's another situationship thing though, is if you're like, well, they don't want a relationship and neither do I. Right. And it's like, well, okay. Really think about if you don't want one. And also, yes. if you're like seeing someone for a couple months and you're not able to tell them how you're feeling. Yes. It's just bad news bears. Because like we, we had had sex so many times. Yes. And then he would sometimes invite me to a party with a bunch of other chicks too. You know, it was just like so weird. And the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I know this now because mm-hmm. I've investigated it in my you know, heart and in my mind. That's right. Is that what was actually happening is that I was simultaneously around the same time that I met him having this heart expansion experience where I was having this really deep friendship with Shane, really loving you and Michael, like having these friendships emerge. I was going to Austin to hang out with everyone. You You know, like so much fun. I was having so much fun. And so what was happening is my heart was exploding and I was wanting to put the love somewhere. I was wanting to love butt plug. And butt plug isn't And butt that plug wasn't. We, I wasn't able to love butt plug. And so mm. I was wanting to pour my love. And so that leads to this next topic about compassion. And that is that you are not stupid. What's happening is that your body is wanting to love. Mm. For one reason or another, you are attracting people, especially if you are a serial situationshipist. If this is happening to you multiple times, you are attracting someone that is not giving you enough because you are not giving you enough. Yes. And so so this happens to all of us and ultimately we must end this pattern. We have to end this pattern. If you're in a pattern. I think – okay. So the way to – because this can be really harmful – and it's harmful in the fact that usually you're not being honest with yourself. Right. And we talked about this the last episode. And as funny as situationships are, because they are, like, you end up looking back and being like, how did I do was that? I even into that person at all? Yeah. That always is how it ends. Right. It cuts off. You find someone great or you're treated great by yourself, your friends, all this stuff. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. That was you, so like, embarrassing. Yeah. You basically wake up. It can be really harmful. And also, there is no better way to start understanding yourself and having an inner transformation than starting with honesty. And we went into this a lot last episode. But if you are in a situationship and you're hearing this right now and you're basically cringing, yeah, the best thing you can do for yourself is acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Know that this is what you're doing and you're putting yourself in pain. Mm-hmm. Because the longer you decide to like keep telling your friends that it's going to be fine or like it's not affecting you, right. it's really just silencing yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're silencing – there's no way for all the women I've talked to that have been in something like this, every woman has been able to feel it in their body. Totally. And at some point you hit the point where you're like, you know what? They're really disrespecting me and they're disrespecting my body, you know, and not, not giving, they're not giving you what you're truly searching for Mm -hmm. because you're not giving it to yourself. So looking inward and just being able to acknowledge, even just like sitting with your friends and being like, 
I am in a fucking situation ship. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have done that looking back because right. it went on for so long. Like I kind of wish I would have just said instead of making excuses and trying to always justify that person's actions to just be like, he's treating me like shit because I like him and he doesn't like me. Like it kind of would have at least been like I was telling myself the truth. Right. Yeah. So it's the same with any coming to Jesus moment is that Mm -hmm. you first have to tell yourself the truth. Yes. And I wasn't doing that either. No. Like I was convincing myself that I was doming him and he was obsessed with me. Yes. And then the second part of that is this compassion component. And this is actually a strategy that I just took a masterclass from Gabor Mate on compassionate inquiry. He's like an incredible – I don't even – spiritual teacher, but therapist and doctor and famous author, all these things. He's incredible. I'm sure he has some YouTube videos on it. And his name is Gabor Mate, which is just Gabor Mate, yes. And he talks about this in a form of addiction. And these type of situationships are addicting. So I think it's important to say this. If your friend is telling you that they're in a situation like this, If you are looking at them and saying, you're a piece of shit, you don't even deserve better because you're not treating yourself better, Um, this person isn't right for you, but you can't see that. If if your friends are doing that to you, you're not trusting your friends. You're not leaning on your friends for these type of things. Mm -hmm. So do the same for yourself. If you're telling yourself, I'm a shitty person because I'm in this, I can't believe you're in this. Oh my God, I'm I'm feeling so awful. Why am I doing this to myself? All of these things, you're really creating more addictive patterns inside mm. your body and your brain. Mm. So instead of doing that and shaming yourselves, just as you would do as a friend, have compassion for yourself. What you would want a friend to say is like, girl, I know they're not treating you well, but it's great sex. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what? This is going to pass. This is going to pass. Just have a little compassion for yourself. Just as you would talk to a friend, you want to talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. So really think about that when you're breaking these type of patterns, because all addictions start with that is having compassion for those parts of yourself instead of adding shame and guilt onto what you're already feeling in your body. Mm -hmm. So even just, I don't know, like journal about it. Be like, I know you're in a situationship, but I still love you. You're so worthy. This is going to pass. You know, just make sure you're having a little compassion and comedy around it for yourself Mm -hmm. so that it can authentically dissolve on its own. Right. With minimal heartbreak. You're already being heartbroken by the other person. You don't need to be heartbreaking yourself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know? And another thing that I find important is that at some point you do – get to make a decision for yourself that is walking away because Mm. and ending it for you You, the other person might even not not need you to end it it might just dissolve for them but you might have to say like hey this can't go on like no I'm not going to be seeing you anymore or something like that because for them you know a text there are different levels of situationships obviously I mean 
Yeah. But what I'm saying is at some point, the resolution has to come from you. Yes. It has to come from you because if someone's allowing you to be in a situationship with them, they don't really care. I was just going to say the same thing. Like that breaking it off text, it doesn't matter to the other person. It really just matters to you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to get it off your chest. Like I'm not even opposed to that. I mean, I've told people you don't need to text them and break it off because they don't care. Yeah. And I felt the same way. After I was ghosted for four months, I saw the person again at a party and – We kind of just talked about like how summer was, blah, blah, blah. And then I actually ended up texting the person and was like, you know what? I feel like you really hurt my heart. Mm -hmm. You know what kind of person I am. And for you to just not talk to me after we had been really intimate was really painful for me. Like Mm -hmm. I I want you to know that so you don't do that to someone else Mm -hmm. because that was awful. Mm -hmm. And he ended up texting me back and saying like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. And it wasn't his response I cared about. It was just getting it off my chest for me. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. So you can either text them, not text them, just whatever feels like it's for you. Mm-hmm. Don't be texting them to be getting a response of like, oh, no, no, I I, I really want you to stay. Like right. you need to be really secure in your body and your decision when texting them and really having no expectation for what their response is, but knowing that in your heart, you have to walk away. Right. How did you end it with butt plug? It just dissolved. I left. I just remembered he asked me to like be in a couple like videos, not sexual videos, but like prank videos or something like waxing his butt. <laughs> and you were like, ew. And stuff. And I'm like, this isn't me. Like, you kind I'm, of outgrew it. I just totally outgrew it. It was like pranking and like, you know, he was kind of like a jackass guy. Like that's the kind of yes, thing. And I thought it was so fun, but it was very like, okay, it's just not me. Like that's not what's going to sustain me. That's so I just brand. <laughs> totally, it's totally off brand. So I just kind of was like, what I just out, I honestly outgrew it. Like I recognized what was happening and I was like, oh, okay, no. And then I left and it was so funny because I had been gone for like two and a half months or something. And I just received, I had already, I just like deleted his number and like, yeah, sometimes you have to do that. Him. I deleted his number, unfollowed him, and I'm like, this is so stupid. Like I just realized what had yeah. happened and I'm like, ew, now all of a sudden I realized you were disrespecting me and I actually hate you. Yeah, I hate you now. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I, now yeah. I'm realizing. And so um, I got a text from his area code and just had a feeling that it was him. And the text just said, sex. Oh, God. Like as if he was – like that's all he needed to say to get me to come over or something or Ew, like to come over was no. just sex. And I just never even responded and was like, oh, my God. At that point, thank God I had already outgrown it. But, yeah, that's what happened to me. That but I so awful. I had a – well, this is kind of a – we could really go into a long It's a long one. story. Instead of telling such a long story, though, you can briefly cover on it. But okay. I do want to talk about situations to relations. Yes. Can they ever turn into an actual relationship? Because that's kind of the hope. That's if the hope. If you're in a situationship, you're in it because you're wanting something to evolve into something. Yeah. Right? Like Or, you know – Kind of two things are happening. Either one, you're obsessed with this person wanting you even though you don't want them. So you're in this weird psychological warfare. Warfare. (laughs) The second thing 
is that you actually do want to be in a relationship with this person. Like mm. you like them, you think they're cool, you want you want to pursue it. Yeah. And they kind of don't or they're kind of dodging you or they're in a situation where they want to date other people still, whatever. This literally happened to me for two years mm-hmm. when I was in college. I was in By this- Brooklyn's basically mentor. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in a total situationship as a young woman. I was literally 19 to like 21. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, though, there was this like thread of I just feel like I'm going to end up being with this person. We had met each other's families. It was like this really intense situationship. Yes. It was like a friendship, friends with benefits, but totally damaging for my heart. Like bad damage. Damage that I bad didn't damage. even realize. Bad damage. Bad damage. Also kind of your first introduction to spirituality and like – Yeah. I so mean, it was it was an awakening and – heartbreaking experience like all in one it was so confusing it was so confusing overall looking back at it I'm like that was a piece of shit situation and of course I'm grateful for it I'm not regretting it it's not like I'm saying I wish it had never happened but when I look back I'm like whoa I called in some really intense personalities to teach me lessons okay and also looking back at it now we talk about this all the time Lauren didn't even really like the person. Yeah. It was that situation where it was so – you wanted the person to like you or be in a relationship with mm-hmm. you so badly because that wasn't really his style. Right. That you became obsessed with the idea of being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So eventually, after so many of freaking events, it did turn into a relationship. And how did the relationship go? It was exactly the same as the situationship, yeah. except for this time the person was in love with me. And so it made it worse. It made it worse. So it was like this constant back and forth where I felt so un- insecure and so like unsafe. Like the whole thing, I just felt mm. so unsafe. And so what I'm saying is in the case that it does, it's not that it never happens. It can turn into a relationship, but I was just making this um, ex- uh, example with Camille is if you've ever watched New Girl in the first se- season, mm-hmm. Winston is yes. in a relationship or trying to become in a relationship with that chick who played Kahlua on Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. <laughs> I can't remember what her name was I in can't the show. Remember Maddie is. or something? I no, I can't remember what it is either, but um, – Anyway, he had basically situationshipped her for like three years, then went to go play basketball abroad or something mm-hmm. and comes back and just thinks he can date her. And she's like, you really hurt me. And he yes. really digs deep in the show to apologize, to show up to like her, you know, Valentine's Day with girlfriends or yes. whatever. And he like really recognizes how terribly he treated her and yes. is really apologizing and shows his true colors, shows his heart, says how much he likes her. Yes. Like it's a they whole date thing. for a while. They date for a while. And so the point of this is, is that in order for a situationship to make a turn into a relationship, the person who is the situationshipper, the one who doesn't care at first, the one who doesn't care at first has to recognize the situationshipies worth. Yes. And see that they are not putting in the effort and they have to turn the dial up and apologize and kind of like make amends for what they had done before. That's the only way it's going to work. It's the only way it's going to work. And so if you think that this kind of 
shitty ass situationship is going to magically evolve naturally into a relationship that's thriving and fabulous and juicy and sexy Sexy. that's lasting forever fuck off it's not gonna happen no it's not gonna happen and I'm so grateful that that's exactly how you presented it because that's exactly what I would want to say you um, the, the roles almost have to switch yeah like if you're if you're now getting in a relationship with the person and you still are feeling like nervous about the texting not being invited to all the parties you're in the exact same situation you were in before, except now you have a label. Yeah. You know what? It's awful. Actually, it's worse. talking about this right now is so interesting because I'm, uh, I have a coaching client who had this happen, married the situationship guy. Had he flipped the roles? No. Or- didn't flip the roles. It was a total he situation. He was still shitty. He was, but it was like exactly what it had been, except for now he was a little bit older and somehow ready to commit. But the relationship was basically still a relationship, and then they were married, and then they were divorced. So yeah, it, that's what well, happens. That's what's it gonna happen? To, yeah, the role has to switch. The role has to switch because ultimately they have you have been devalued in your mm-hmm. own heart for a long time. So you need to have like an overwhelming experience of this person really loves and cares about me all of a sudden. If it's still confusing in any way, run. Yeah. Confusion equals heartbreak. (laughs) Yeah. Confusion equals just. I mean, hang on. I'm sorry. I'm just, I have to say this because it's so extreme. The person that Lauren was in a relationship literally got her name tattooed with like a symbol on his body of the two of them. And then it was still a shitty relationship. I'm sorry. I feel like that has to be said. And then like one second after they broke up, he got it covered. That's what it was. It was so toxic from the beginning and it ended up being so toxic until literally the very end. I completely forget about that. I know you do. I completely. Dude, it's, it's like burned it is, into my mind. No, it's like it's <laughs> washed out of my mind. No. Because when he got that tattoo so close to his genitals. And you were basically broken up. We were. Ba- we were. Uh, he got it to show me. It was that level of just like total what the fuck. But still, in your heart at the time, you still didn't feel valued or, no, or heard. It's why I probably don't even remember it. I barely yeah. remember any of that stuff because it was so over the top. And yes. my heart was still just like, no, you're ter- you're treating me terribly. Like it was these it was these over-the-top actions with no change in the day-to-day. It was so confusing. So you have that in store if you're going to try to be in a relationship. So if you can top that, if <laughs> yeah. your situationship got a tattoo of you. <laughs> Wait, okay. I really have something for the audience. Our wolf pack. We I don't. Keep, I hate to call you our audience. Yeah, I hate that My too. audience. Keep, the audience. The <laughs> listeners here at the sex listeners. Okay, you're a wolf pack. If you have a great situationship story. Yeah. Or you're in kind of one and you're a little bit debating but now no, from this you recognize you know. you're in one <laughs> yeah. or if one went wrong please send us a voicemail like a voice message at our den mother's account just do like the little one minute recordings because I hate to read them I love hearing people's voices yeah. just tell us about your situation right 
I want to do that. Maybe we'll share some. Maybe we'll share the best one that we've heard because I do think it's important for everyone to recognize that it's actually really common. It's really common and we get to offer ourselves compassion Mm -hmm. and we get to offer ourselves a leveling up. It's time. It's time. It's time to level up. Because let me tell you something about true love is that when you are feeling it, like if you're if you're like, oh, well, this person has this, this, and this, and this, and this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if somebody has a PhD in molecular no. biology and they're also- And they have a million accolades know, and a really cool family. And they're a billionaire. It doesn't matter. No. Because love feels so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> love feels really and good. When you're not feeling good and it's early on. No. If you're feeling not good before the relationship even starts, no. bye. Goodbye. 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 Say that pussy for somebody else. Yeah. And we're going to have episodes on true love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. We really have to. Like, yeah. we have so much to talk about this season. But we're going to wrap up situationships there. So <sighs> I hope you can relate. And also, I hope you don't relate to our stories because I know it's painful and cringeworthy. But yes. we would love to hear your stories on situationships. Yeah, I would love to hear them. I think the overall point here is just acknowledge it, laugh about it with your friends, have compassion for yourselves, and when it's when it feels time in your heart, it's time to walk away. Also, it's okay. This is one thing. I, I feel like we keep saying and also because I thought this was just going to be a really fun topic, which it is. And also it's sad. But also <laughs> it's sad, and that's what I want to touch on. Yes, laugh about it with your friends, but also I want to give you the permission to cry. Because sometimes it's really freaking sad. Not just if you want somebody and they don't want you, but if you've built up an idea in your mind or in your body that this is a potential partner and then they're not, you're allowed to mourn a situationship just like you are a relationship. You don't have to make fun of it or think it was a joke. Like if you've had feelings for somebody and they don't have them for you – it's okay to cry and like mourn it like you would a relationship. Who's to say that you can't? Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, so if you want to just, you know, it might seem ridiculous and I'm doing that in quotes, but it isn't ridiculous if it's a matter of the heart. I wish you would have said that very first thing. Jeez. But well, I'm maybe we so can do that glad. I'm so glad you, you, you said that. Mm-hmm. And it is true because it is, it is painful. Like this stuff is funny. Like talking about the story now is really funny. But I've had like instances, this was three and a half years ago or something for me. And I have had moments in the past six months of like having to tell Michael because it was on my mind so deeply, like in meditation that I was still kind of hurt about some of these things that happened. Yeah. So that it's, happens. it's real mm-hmm. and it, it can come up in different ways. So feel it. Feel whatever you need to feel about your situationship. That's right. Feel what you need to feel. If it's frustration, if it's sad, if it's funny, if you need to do stand-up comedy about it, if you – like whatever it is, yeah. do it. But just honor yourself. Yeah. That's right. And that's it for this week's episode. So do not forget to – like, comment, subscribe on YouTube or any of the podcast streaming sites that you love. It really helps us out. It helps us pushing out new episodes. And our again, our Instagram is at the Den Mothers. Personal pages are She Wolf Lauren and Camille Misbach. And all of our personal coaching offerings are linked in our bios there. And just one more reminder that we are launching, me and Lauren and Shane, Lauren's fiance, are launching an online community 
dedicated to internal transformation. It's going to have live weekly sessions of breath work, meditation, a lot of stuff related to sex, love, spirituality. Lauren and I are going to be doing one as the Den Mothers together. It's going to be really fun subscription-based program. So if you are interested in getting early details and pricing on that, DM us your email at the Den Mothers and we will add you to our list. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We love you. We love you. Ow, ow, ow.